Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Bill Bennett Show. Thoughtful conversation, we hope, about the news of the day and if we address the existential threats to America. Uh, joining me today is uh, Sean Trendy, senior election analyst for Real Clear Politics. Uh, he's the, he's our go-to guy. We find him more credible than, than most, maybe than all, mm-hmm. on uh, election things, and his record is very good. Uh, I have a few things I'd like to discuss with Claude first, though, so let's do that. Claude, let's first of all update the college football scene, please. Yeah, well, because we're talking polls, right? And so we might as well talk about the college football polls first before we jump into uh, uh, some would argue more important polls with, uh, with uh, Sean Trendy. Uh, what did you think? Did you see, you know, the, the latest playoff? I mean, obviously the playoff stuff is going to change because Tennessee and Georgia plays this weekend. Of course, you got the SEC championship game. Michigan's got to play Ohio State. Things can change. But what did you think initially about the playoff polls? I don't think Clemson should be in there. Why? Uh, strength of schedule. They haven't looked good. That, that, that little thing they call, you know, the eye test. It just doesn't seem like they got it together. I don't think they're one of the top four teams in the country. Yeah. This, this is not a poll. There are a lot of polls, coaches poll, eight people. Right. But the college football, uh, playoff selection committee. Correct. We'll issue these uh, updates every Tuesday. And the first one was out this last Tuesday. Right. And it had t- Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, I agree with you. I, Clemson is unbeaten, but it's had close games. It hasn't showed great strength. Who do they play this week? I think they play Notre Dame. Okay. I'll check on that. Okay. I think they do. Anyway, uh, yeah, what they need to look out for, too, is the – ACC playoffs. It's a pretty weak conference comparatively, mm-hmm. but Carolina's looking quite good. Right. University of North Carolina, they're seven and one, and uh, they lost to Notre Dame, but uh, otherwise they won everything. Now and, they do, uh, they do play Notre Dame this Saturday, 7 30 PM kickoff. Where? Uh, it looks like it's uh, in South Bend. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on that one. So we go with those four again. Do I have the order right? Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. Yes. Okay. Now we'll comment on that in a minute. But number five is Michigan. Number six is Alabama. As a lot of people know, especially people from the Ohio State side, Mm -hmm. I I like Alabama, always have. Now, uh, let me just get that out of the way so people can deal with it. (laughs) Alabama Alabama is at six, but can still get in the playoffs. Sure. Uh, by winning the Southeast Conference. Mm-hmm. All, all, I put in quotes, it has to do is beat LSU this weekend at LSU, beat Mississippi next week at Mississippi. Two tough games. Mm-hmm. Then go, that will get them the SEC West. Then they go up against either Tennessee or Georgia. Correct. That, and by the way, I think we, we the, the ranking is uh, Tennessee one, Ohio State two, Georgia three. Okay. Clinton. Yeah. Okay, fine. That'll move around some, but, sure. but those those four okay, okay, are pretty solid right now. So Alabama wins the West. It plays the East champ, which will be Tennessee or Georgia. If Alabama beats that, that winner, um, they go. Correct. Uh, if they lose, they're probably out, probably. Mm-hmm. Why? Because not because of Michigan. Michigan and Ohio State will play. My guess is Ohio State will win. That'll take Michigan out of the picture. Right. Uh, Tennessee and Georgia will play. One of them will win. I'm guessing, actually, against the odds, Tennessee. Okay. Um, And will that eliminate Georgia? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see what the game looks like. 
But the, the funny one in here is that right after Alabama, I believe on your list, you'll see TCU. And TCU is very good. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've watched them, but if you do the eye test, this is a good team. They go down early in these games, then they come roaring back. Right. And they're a very strong team. If they remain undefeated, um, I think they have a strong bid. Sure. So yeah. it's possible they could replace a Georgia or a Tennessee, or whichever of those two teams loses. Ohio State or Michigan will be in whoever wins that game. And then presumably, you know, wins the uh, Big Ten. Is the Big Ten or what do they call it now? The Big Ten? It's still the Big, uh, still the Big the, Ten. The, yeah. Okay. So that's what I think. Your, your comment? No, I think you're absolutely right. I think, uh, you know, the first chip to fall that would lead to something like that would be this weekend if Notre Dame happens to beat Clemson. I think it would be interesting if, Tennessee beats Georgia, but loses to Alabama in the championship game, SEC championship. I don't know how you take Tennessee out when Alabama's only loss would be to Tennessee. So I think we're in a situation where we'll see two um, SEC teams in it. I mean, there's definitely scenarios for that. And, um, you know, and then even a one-loss Michigan team to Ohio State would have an argument that they still would still belong in it, but you can't keep TCU out. I'm, I'm just waiting for the day where we get, you know, I can't wait to get eight or six in. Yeah, I, I no, 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 eight no. soon, but yeah, that, that, that's that's what I can't wait for. No, this no, is yeah. a great argument for it. No, this I was just going to say that. Mm-hmm. Boy, you can dispense with me. You're just saying everything I believe here. No, However, I mean. you missed you missed one thing. Okay. I was watching ESPN, which I recommend way over watching NBC or ABC or CBS mm-hmm. uh, or MSNBC or CNN. <laughs> uh, I, I really recommend ESPN. But they were talking and the paddle, they said, okay, if you want to pick the best teams in the country. And there was pretty much consensus, you know, with the, what it was about, that if you were picking just the best teams in the country, you would have three teams in the SEC. Right. Correct. Yep. So yeah. Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama. Yep. And then, and then you throw Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yep. That's right. Yep. That's, yep. That's, yep. Right. That's right. That's right. So we'll see. But uh, things, some things. I remember Kirk Herbstreet said a couple of years ago when they were looking at like nine teams with, you know, undefeated. He said, things will sort out. Watch, things will sort out. Mm-hmm. And he's right. And uh, things will absolutely sort out between Michigan and Ohio State. Tennessee and Georgia, uh, and uh, we'll see what Alabama does and if TCU continues to win. No, just in the Big 12, you know, did you see the thumping that Kansas State gave to Oklahoma State? I did. I did. Oklahoma State was ranked ninth, and Kansas State beat them by like 35 points or something. Yeah, I did. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, if they they play Kansas State in the Big 12 championship, Kansas State beats them, that'll, that'll take TCU out. Exactly. That kid yeah. Martinez, I mean, resurrected his uh, college career yes. right, leaving Nebraska, yes. State. Good for yeah. him. Yeah, it's looking bad for coaches at, uh, at Nebraska. Yeah. It's not like the talent, it's like the coaches. But anyway, right. that's our college football update, correct? Absolutely. By the way, uh, one last thing. You and I talk about this all the time. All the time. Does anybody have more fun than Desmond Howard at their job? Like he's just no. having fun on college. He's laughing. He's just no one has more fun than than Desmond Howard. At, at I know. Job. And he's getting paid. He's getting oh, yeah. paid. Oh, he's yeah. getting paid a lot of money. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just something there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're exactly right. Stay current on the threat posed by China with our friends at Committee on the Present Danger China. Go to presentdangerchina.org, presentdangerchina.org. 
All right, joining us now is Sean Trendy, Senior Election Analyst for Real Clear Politics. And Sean, we welcome you back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Good, good. You busy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm back. Yeah. Okay, let's start at the top and then we'll dig down. Republicans take the House, correct? Yeah, I think that's that's you'd get close to unanimous uh, agreement that that's pretty much a done deal. Uh, by what, 10, 20, 30, 40? So that's a little more up in the air. I'm kind of leaning towards 20 to 30, but some people okay. are higher. Few people are lower. Okay. Slight digression. Republican governors and Democrat governors. What happens there? Net, net increase for who? Probably Republicans. You've got races like Kansas and Nevada where things are looking pretty good for Republicans. Some things that look rough like Arizona are moving off the board. So I think we're probably going to see a couple seats pick up for Republicans there. Okay, I'm going to come back to governors because that's that's quite interesting out there. All right, the Senate. Who takes the Senate? So that's where you actually get a little bit of reasonable disagreement. I I like the Republicans' odds. I think uh, 538 has it a little bit low. Um, you know, we we think Republicans are going to take control of the Senate, but there there is legitimate disagreement there. Uh, so it is a bit of unknown, but I'd rather be the Republicans right now. Did they take it by fifty-one forty-nine or fifty-two forty-eight in your life? By your lights, boy, there are a bunch of kind of fifty-five forty-five uh, races. So you know, a little bit of them fall one way or the other, and it can make a difference. I think it's going to be like fifty-two fifty-three uh, Republican really? okay. seats, but it could go as high as fifty-four. Without surprising me, I want to ask you if this is true in a moment, uh, a certain scenario. But let me ask you a direct question first. What the heck? And you'll, I'll explain why I'm saying what the heck in a minute. What the heck will happen in Pennsylvania? So I, I think, are we talking Senate or? Yeah, Senate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah I, I, I if you look at the polling, even before uh, that debate, uh, Fetterman's been stuck at around. 47, 48 percent of the vote. And in almost all the polls that have come out recently, whether they show Fetterman ahead or behind, he's at 47, 48 percent of the vote. So I I think, you know, at the end of the day, I think he's locked down the people who are going to vote for him. I think those undecideds are are trending Oz. So you think Oz wins it? I do. Can I ask you this? Maybe it's outside your purview, but how the hell can anybody vote for Fetterman? You know, if I were a Democrat, I would throw it back to you with the same question about Herschel Walker. Um, And at the end of the day, you know, people know that people go to the Senate to cast votes and people think uh, Fetterman is going to cast votes the way they want it. I think some people genuinely believe that it's I'm not one of them, but some people genuinely believe that it's just some difficulty talking you know, yeah. that there's no cognitive stuff. I don't know about that, uh, but you know, people but convince he, themselves a lot of things when partisanship's on the line. But he's he's pretty radical left, isn't he? In a way, someone has made the suggestion. I'm not sure how to evaluate it, but I see the point that that actually the stroke stuff has helped him uh, because it's distracted oh, from his rep. Well, it's and it's distracted from. His oh, record. oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's for fracking. Yeah. Well, who knows? He wasn't. Yeah. Oh, who who knows? Knows? Yeah. Who knows? But. Okay, but you th- you think Osmonds? Now, is this correct? This is the proposition I heard, and I said I got to check this with Sean. If Oz wins Pennsylvania, then all the Republicans need to do to get a majority is hold what they've got, like in Ohio, 
but win any of the following three, Georgia, Arizona, or Nevada. Is that correct? I'd add New Hampshire to that, but yeah, that's right. Uh, it's New Hampshire in play, truly in play now. Yeah, it really is. We have uh-huh. we actually have a couple polls showing uh, uh, Baldick ahead. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know that he wins, but it's certainly in play. Tell me about Baldick. He's a general, right? Retired general. And he was tapped uh, or endorsed by touched, touched, blessed by Trump. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, you know, he, he's a little out there on some stuff. Um, you know, some vaccine things uh, are, are a little out there. Uh, but what do you mean? He doesn't, he doesn't like vaccines, doesn't like vaccines, has seemingly endorsed some, you know, conspiracy theories about what they do. But, um, you know, in this environment, those type of candidates can win. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that, you know, that, that's a state that, whose people kind of live up to its motto, live free or die. They really take that stuff seriously up there, as you know. Yeah, it's a weird state. <laughs> um, no, it's a great state. It's a it great is, state. but but it's weird. It's this weird combination of like libertarianism and New England liberalism, and uh, it's a fun. Well, that's state. those commuters from Boston. Yes, or that's right. Who live in Southern New Hampshire to avoid Massachusetts taxes, right? That's right. All right, let's uh, let's go to the uh, other uh, three then. Nevada, I'm, I'm pretty close to Lock Salt. I stay in touch with him. I think he's got it. Do you in Nevada for Senate? Oh, yeah, that's our read of it, that that's pretty close to a done deal. Arizona, Masters and Kelly, Kelly the astronaut uh, and uh, husband of uh, Gabby Giffords. Um, how do you see this one? Um, so this is one where Masters had kind of been left for dead almost. Um, you know, he was way down over the summer, but he's he's pretty steadily ticked back up and and looks to be in it. It's another race where the Democratic incumbent, um, you know, is is below 50 percent and the undecideds have been breaking his way, uh, Masters' way. So I think that is genuinely a true toss up. And I know that's a bit of a, a cop out, but I think it's the right answer that that we don't really have a good sense how that one's going to go. All right. I'm, I'm giving you one toss up answer. OK. All right. <laughs> now let's go to Georgia. Who wins? Um, I, I mean, Walker seems to have weathered that storm. Um, so Walker, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. Storm it probably, another, it probably, woman, a sto- another storm, woman saying, yeah. saying that you got her pregnant and paid for her abortion. That's right. And, uh, you know, he, he, he showed up and kind of did the opposite of Fetterman. He had a decent debate. So, you know, yeah, I mean, now that one has the weird runoff option. And if it does end up at a runoff, you know, the dynamic changes a little bit. So, but, uh, I, I like his odds. All right. What are the odds of runoff? You know, I, I think the races have been consistently close. So you, you do like the chances that it's going to be a runoff. Um, but the way things have been going and closing and, and, you know, the camp is looking like he's going to win pretty handily in that governor's right. race. Eh, I don't know. Well, wh- why would it go to run? Are there, are there other people running for Senate? Who are yeah, there's, votes? there's a libertarian candidate. Uh, and so if he gets some protest vote, uh, it'll, it, you gets know, two it or 3% that could send it to run off. Exactly. You don't think that will happen. Uh, at this point, I kind of like the I, I like I like Walker's odds, but to win straight out. Yeah. 
I'm not giving you any more toss-ups. No, no more toss-ups. <laughs> no, I understand. If it goes to runoff, it is a completely different dynamic because uh, are people really going to hold their nose and vote for Walker uh, if the Senate's already done? On the other hand, like, are Democrats really going to be excited to turn out to vote if the Senate's gone? Who knows? It's interesting you say holy nose. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not in that view. I mean, I understand the guy's not you know, strong in terms of his argument, his presentation, what he himself said, I'm not as smart as Warnock or something like that. But it seems to me, I, I see a, you know, a, a decent guy with good instincts and good values who has made a bunch of mistakes, which a lot of, lot of very successful athletes do when they come out of their sport. Yeah, I, I think. Am I too uh, forgiving? Am I too forgiving? <laughs> well, the question is, will, will the Georgia voters be so forgiving? Uh, but, you know, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think he is. De- I mean, he's definitely a flawed person, but we all are. Um, and I think at the end of the day, you really do send someone to the Senate to vote. And that's what's going to yeah. motivate a lot of Republican voters. Yeah, before you came on, Claude and I were talking about college football and I do note that um, Herschel was at the Georgia game. That's <laughs> and, and Georgia's, you know, up there, very close to the top in national football polls. That can't be hurting him. Yeah. Reminding Georgians of his tremendous ability on the field. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, I am hearing a lot, especially from friends in Arizona, about Carrie, uh, Carrie uh, Lake for governor. Uh, first of all, they're pretty confident she will win. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean the race does look close, but she's pretty consistently led in the polls. So I mean, poll errors are real, but I think there's not really a reason to believe she wouldn't, other than the polls might just be wrong. Now, I've been watching her lately. She is very strong in her views. I mean, she she coddles not at all. She brooks no nonsense. She doesn't take anything uh, or give any credence to anything on the left or liberal side. She's fierce. Yes, she doesn't back down. And I think that's something right. that will serve her well. Um, you know, I do think there's a very real chance that if she wins, you're looking at a future presidential candidate. Okay, that's where I was going to go. Uh, some people are calling her the female Trump, right? Yeah, yeah. She's got a lot of the same um, strengths with GOP primary voters that Trump has. Uh, you know, as you said, she doesn't brook nonsense from the media. Um, she's not afraid to get in there and fight and push back. She understands that the media there isn't her friend and isn't going to try to make them her friend. And, and I think that's something that GOP voters really responded to uh, with Trump. So, yeah, I think I think if she wins, there is a very good chance uh, she will be on a national ticket in the next decade. Well, that is so interesting. Um, any other governor races we should look at uh, that are interesting? Do you have any? I just happened to meet the guy and talk to him for an hour. Um, uh, Chetty in, uh, in in New Mexico. Do you have any read on that? I mean, that's one that really could. He, he could pull it off, but. You know, the polling, the polling has been good for him, but not great. So tough state for a Republican, tough state for a Republican. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it could happen, you know, but it's not what I expect to happen. All right. Now we come to the segment called Sean's Surprises. (laughs) And the real surprise is you didn't know we had such a segment, right? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) so we're just introducing it, catching you here. Nice surprise. 
uh, give us a couple of surprises or a couple of really interesting outcomes. You know, I think one to watch actually is Pennsylvania because that race is tailor made for social desirability bias that people tell reporters or tell pollsters, no, I would never vote for uh, uh, Mastriano. And then on election day, they go in and they're like, eh, maybe I will. I don't think he'll win, but I, I actually think that race That's is the governor, the, the gubernatorial candidate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say, He's ah, running against Josh Shapiro. Is that right? That's right. And he's one of the ones that the Democrats kind of chose. You know, he was the one they wanted to run against. And so they ran ads in the Republican primary uh, trying to get him the nomination. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see. Um, I think the, you know, just to kind of be fair minded, but I I think the governor of Oklahoma could lose. Yes, I gather uh, to that's Governor Stitt, is it? Yeah. And yeah. he could lose to his secretary of education, I believe, his commissioner of education. Is that right? Yeah. So the Democrats, you know, the the secretary of education has won statewide office twice as yeah. a Republican. Uh, she switched parties. And basically, you're having a Republican primary in the general election. Um, you know, on her own, I don't think she could win as a Democrat in Oklahoma. But because, you know, if you're a uh, moderate conservative in Edmond or Broken Arrow or Jenks or any of those kind of more upscale suburbs, you're, you don't want to elect a, a radical Democrat, but you don't like Stitt either. Um, she's kind of a safe pick because, you know, she was a Republican, so she's probably not going to go off the rails. I remember interviewing uh, the governor of Oklahoma before Stitt, a woman, I can't remember her name. Mary Maybe. Fallon. Yeah, Mary Fallon. And she said, just remember, I remember she said it twice during the interview, Claude will remember this. Remember, we're the reddest state in the union. We are the reddest state. Well, not if they throw Stid out, right? You know, they're still red as between a liberal Democrat and a conservative Republican. But that's what makes this race so interesting is it's a race between a Trump, De- Trump Republican, a Trump Republican and a more establishment Republican running with the Democratic nomination. Okay. Uh- but she switched parties. She did switch parties. She did. Yes. Yeah, OK. Uh, all right. Let's go. Uh, let's go to the Northwest. And I want to lead have that lead into a discussion about somebody else who's on the campaign trail. Uh, the state of Washington. Is there a chance Republicans take that Senate seat from Patty Murray? There's a chance. I, I think uh, you doubt it. I can tell from your voice. You doubt it, though. Yeah, I think she'll be in a close race. Um but that state has just gotten really blue and the polling is they have a good candidate. The polling's good for Smiley, but it's not what she needs, I think, for us to say she's going to win. Is that Seattle? I mean, Smiley have uh, the rest of the state, basically, but not Seattle and suburbs. Yeah. And in that state, Seattle is pretty much the ball yeah, game. Paris, right? Or France. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Okay. So maybe no surprise there. I've been asking the listeners um, to tell me when the last time they can recall a Republican office holder was invited to campaign in the state of Washington or Oregon, uh, because I was very struck by the fact that on the campaign trail right now, best I can tell, Sean, no one seems more active or more asked for requested than Glenn Young. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, he kind of, he kind of figured it out how to be a conservative mm-hmm. Republican who sounds a lot of Trumpy themes without 
you know, going full Trump without, um, you know, the, all the personal attacks and the things that turn people off about Trump. So, yeah, I think he's a he's a, a good surrogate and a popular surrogate. And, you know, that that speaks to his brand of republicanism. He's setting up for a presidential run in 24. You know, 24 is all if Trump doesn't run right, all hell breaks loose in yeah. 2024. But, you know, I, have a I lot think, of people. Right. Yeah. A lot yeah. A lot of people are just waiting to see what he does. Uh, okay, let's back up on that. Will he run, you think? I think so. Um, I think if so. If he does, does he win? The nomination? Uh, certainly. Um, yeah. The so, general? No uh, no question. No question he wins the nomination. I don't know about the general. Um, yeah, no, I, I've seen a lot of the polls that, you know, I someone I know who's a very strong supporter of Trump was, says, I don't want him to run because he's one of the few Republicans who, if he runs, could lose. That's right. Refer- elections are referenda on the party in power in general, but he's kind of the one candidate who has the ability to turn it into a choice or even a referendum on him. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. DeSantis said way back when that if Trump ran, he wouldn't. I wonder if he's having second thoughts about that governor of Florida. Yeah, I, I think I think he's just going to wait and st- he's going to bide his time. Not much longer to bide your time. Uh, but he's going to see what Trump is doing and and then kind of see if he if there's a realistic opening for him. I, I don't know. I'm not I wouldn't bet the farm on it. How many of the people who would you call it social bias, something social desirability um, bias? Right. Right. In Pennsylvania. How many how much of that is going on with the uh, Republicans who say, yeah, Trump, 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 but they'd actually prefer somebody else. I've talked to a lot of Trump supporters who don't want him to run. Yeah, it's the type of thing. Well, I guess there's two things. First, I, I think I can easily see the mechanism that, you know, DeSantis gets up to 40 percent against Trump. It's the getting up to 50 percent plus one. And you compound that with the fact that I think the Hardcore never Trumpers have convinced themselves that DeSantis is just as bad. They're not going to be able to help themselves running, you know, a never Trump candidate. And and so you end up splitting the anti-Trump vote and it just makes it very hard for Trump to lose. Let's go to the other side for just a minute or two and then we'll let you go. Uh, Biden doesn't run again in 24, does he? We don't we don't want to watch that, do we? I mean, really? You know, it's it's stumbling his, and bumbling. And, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you saw the thing where he said that, you know, his son died in Iraq and he didn't. And people afterwards were like, well, he, he really meant, you know, he died from the burn pits. It's like, come on. Like, that was really bad. Um, yeah. He had a couple other stumble stumbles. I think after the midterm, the knives are going to come out. I saw a New York Times article on his stumbles and. That's when I was like, okay, people are, are really going to get going on yeah, this. Now. Yeah, yeah. So who who who's the candidate in twenty four? I mean, it best, has to be Kamala. It has to be Kamala. There's because no they way can't go against her. Yeah, they can't go against her. Right? There's no way. Yeah, yeah. I heard Byron York say, you know, the most loyal bait part of the base for Democrats is black women. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you can't have a black woman, woman vice president and then just go go over her pastor, brush her aside, except she was like one of the first people out of the primary in terms of popularity. I mean, it just sank and her numbers are worse than Biden's, I think, much worse. Yeah, she she was not she's not a good politician and wasn't a good candidate. But at the end of the day, um, you know, now she's the vice president. 
and that makes her the heir apparent. And I just don't think they can pass her over. It's not a strong candidate. No, no. What do they lose? What do they, what, what do they lose if they, if they pass over her? I just think, I think women will be furious. And I think, you know, I think black women who are the most, yeah, you know, it doesn't mean they're going to vote for Trump and Trump might help, you know, be a, he'll be a, a uniquely strong one man, get out the vote effort for Democrats. But, you know, it's one of those things where even if it just makes some changes at the margin, um, it could be the difference. Okay. Uh, I'm sure I've missed something. Tell me something, somebody we've never heard of, somebody very interesting who will win and become a national figure. Uh, we talked about Carrie Lake. We sort of know about that. Anybody in the House who's really interesting who could come into a position of power? By the way, if Republicans take the House, is Kevin McCarthy the speaker? Yeah, I think I think McCarthy's clearly the speaker. Um yeah. but I think uh the the I'm going to look I'm going to be paying attention to the to South Texas cuz there's actually a reasonably oh, yeah. good chance that Republicans sweep those seats um which is just astounding. Yeah, and it's and mostly women, isn't it? Candidates. It would be three Hispanic women from South wow. Texas Republicans if that wow. happens. And they they or one of them or two of them become stars in the party. I think so. Right. I mean, that it's just going to be so, so newsworthy. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of non-white Republicans. Yeah, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but, you know, for for my lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. What about this race in Virginia? Uh, Spanberger's the Democrat. I can't remember who the Republican is, but it's getting a lot of attention. Yeah. Vega. Um, Vega. Right. Another Hispanic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, Vega had a couple of missteps after Roe. Um, Spanberger is a good politician. She's a good fit for that district. Uh, So that's one, you know, that that I kind of actually kind of like Spanberger's chances. But okay. Uh, One last question. Then I promise I'll let you go. Early in the evening, as we're watching the returns, six o'clock, seven o'clock. What do we look for? What are the key? Give us a couple of key races. One of the first days we haven't even heard from. Oh, yeah, one oh, of the yeah, first we haven't even talked about. Go ahead. That's one of the first states to close is uh Indiana. And there is mm-hmm. a race in northwest Indiana, Gary, Indiana, uh, where uh, there's a strong black female Republican challenging the Democratic incumbent. If she wins, I think it's gonna be a long night for Democrats. So we should have a good sense early on how the night's going. Okay, okay. Northwest Indiana early on. Yeah, they close at six, right? And have yep. all their returns. And then Kentucky's pretty early, right? Yeah, there's really not much in Kentucky. Um, okay, okay. So, and then seven o'clock Pennsylvania. Yeah, then we really start to fill in some blanks. Yeah. Okay. You'll be up all night. I'm too old for that, but uh, I'll, I'll be up. I'll be up late. Some of us will be up until Jan. Ja- we'll sleep till January if there's a runoff. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. No, never mind. Sean, thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you. Have a good one. We appreciate it very much. Sean Trendy, folks, Real Clear Politics. That does it for today's show. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to thebillbennettshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at William J. Bennett. You can like me on Facebook. Just search Bill Bennett. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. It's BillBennettPodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Please share the podcast with your family and your friends and your fellow voters. We'll catch up next week.